Yes, indeed. It is Tuesday, August 30th. You're in for an amazing show today. Uh, we got my man Eric Romoff coming on from Fantasy Nive and Pros with Joe's, an awesome charity tournament. You guys are going to find out a lot more about that. Uh, but he's also here to talk fantasy and talk NFL. And so we're going to be covering over some post-draft strategies. Everybody's drafted their teams. What do you do between now and when the season starts? And then also, we're going to go over the AFC East in great detail, talk about these schedules, predict some win totals. It's the Justin Henry Show, baby. Stay tuned. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. Welcome, 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 Eric, my man. Good to have you on the show. Appreciate you coming on. Justin, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. This is one of my favorite shows to, to watch. Glad, uh, glad we can carve off a little time and make this happen. Yes, sir. We, you know, putting it on, man, trying to trying to make that leap into a daily show. It's been tough over the last couple of weeks, just a lot more work than people think behind the scenes. But I'm glad we're putting it on. Glad you've enjoyed the, the shows you've been able to catch. And hopefully it's been useful and, and informational for people who are watching. So one of the things we typically do to start off the show is just get into, uh, you know, some breaking news. But man, uh, it's, today was cut day. So we got to talk about it. Here it is. This just in. Cut day, Eric, is here. And so for fantasy managers, for NFL teams, there's always somebody who gets cut that's just really unexpected. And people are like, you know what? I wasn't expecting that cut. Um, one of the names, is there anybody that just, before we get into all the names, was there anybody that just jumped off the screen and you were like, oh my God, I could not believe you got cut today? Yeah, I mean, probably the the splashiest name is one that we're going to talk about, Marlon Mack. Um I I've I've been in the Pierce camp for a while. Um, I mean, everyone that wants to dunk on drafting early in the in the summer or even into the end of the spring, like Damian Pierce was out there for free. Yes. But I, I didn't think that it would come to the point where Marlon Mack was just going to get cut outright, right? Like the argument for Mack was like he was he was Pep Hamilton's guy. His big years in Indianapolis were when Pep Hamilton was the OC. Now Pep Hamilton's in Houston. I thought he would at least make the roster and get a share of the workload. So that's probably the splashiest and the most surprising Tyler Johnson getting cut out of Tampa Bay feels a little weird. Like yeah. the, the kids, the kids super talented. Obviously there's a, there's a lot of wide receivers on that team. So I get why they would need to cut that down, but you know, why him over some of the other kind of back end or special team guys that, um, you know, certainly don't have anywhere near the upside. That was kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll probably see him land somewhere sooner rather than later. Yeah, there's a team out there that could use a receiver like him in Chicago uh, who doesn't really have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, so I could see that being an option. Tyler Johnson was a surprise cut, but we know that Tampa Bay Bucks team is deep with receivers, so the talent is there. Hopefully he gets an opportunity. And, yeah, Marlon Mack, I was – I had a little thing called return of the Mac. Like I was all over Marlon Mack doing well, at least for the first part of the season. Like I thought he would have a role. Damian Pierce would catch later on. 100% wrong on that. I was on the Damian Pierce's mid train, made me look like an idiot, pie on my face, aged like milk. All the things you want to say, it happened. It's over with. But I am in on Damian Pierce as a high end running back three. Now that we know he's the starter, potentially uh, back in RB2 for your fantasy league. So. Another name that got uh, another name that was kind of a surprise, I would say, just seen as they just signed him was Sony Michelle. 
We saw him do pretty well for the Rams last year. What was your surprise level out of, out of 10? What was your surprise level on Sony Michelle getting cut from the Dolphins? Because we knew that the they had a lot of backs, but they brought him in thinking that he was going to at least be competing for that number two spot. I mean, I think that's just it, right? Like, like I, I personally wasn't that surprised because Sony Michelle isn't really that dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the thing to bring up is is what you said. They've got a lot of backs, right? So they they brought in a lot of guys to compete. Miles Gaskin, their leading back last season, was uh, was their fourth back on the depth chart at one point during camp, right? So there are a lot of guys there, and they really don't need that much overlap in talent, specifically with Sony Michelle being such uh, an early down kind of specialist if there is such a thing right yeah. um you know if, if he was able to pass protect if he was able to catch the ball a little bit more maybe that would save him a spot on this roster but you look at i mean look at this entire miami team right like they're they're they've got nothing but track stars on this squad and sony michelle is this kind of slow plotting back that yeah. very much so was the one thing that didn't look like the others you know yeah, and you see Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. Mostert look good in the preseason, so we know they're comfortable with him. Obviously, he knows the system with Mike McDaniel there. And Miles Gaston, like you mentioned, he performed when he when his number got called for the most part. So I think having all those backs, like you mentioned, is a good thing. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily surprised is the right call there, but I know that he had a chance to compete for that number two spot and was completely cut. So I'm sure he'll find a home somewhere on, on one of these teams as a backup or, or a third stringer. Uh, another name that kind of came off the list to me, obviously, in a crowded wide, uh, crowded running back room, Duke Johnson. Um, they, the Bills signed him to be a pass catcher. We saw the J.D. McKissick thing didn't go well. They ended up signing Duke Johnson. Uh, Zach Moss was on the fringe for a lot, but it looks like he's earned a roster spot. What were your thoughts uh, on, on this Bills running back situation? Did you think Duke Johnson had a chance, or were you like, nah, he was, he was probably going to get cut? Yeah, I mean, coming out of the draft, it seemed like Duke Johnson wasn't wasn't long for this world, right? I, I think him being released is is really telling a story in, in two areas. The first one is that you mentioned Zach Moss had a better camp than I think most people, probably even Zach Moss, really expected, right? Like <laughs> he was he was kind of he was kind of dead man walking there for a while. But I mean, hey, like hats off to him, right? The dude showed up, he showed out, he earned himself a roster spot. And then the second thing is is really speaking to the development of of Cook, right? Um, you know, we, we look at a guy that comes in as a rookie. He has a lot of those third down, um, you know, shifty and dangerous in space, pass catching back skill sets that Duke Johnson was always alleged to have at least. Um, so they've got someone who can play that role in their, in their rookie asset. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a game, game of musical chairs and my, my dude didn't have anywhere to sit. Nowhere for him to go, man. And they got three backs there, so I don't think the Bills are worried about it. And he's been a vet. He knows the game. He's kind of been on and off rosters at this point in his career anyway. So it's not really surprising, I guess. One surprising from the Bills, though, is, is O.J. Howard. I thought that was a, a bit surprising, seeing as he was their number two. Dawson Knox got hurt a little bit last year. You think they want the depth, and he had the draft pedigree, obviously. Him getting cut was actually a little bit of a surprise for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I guess kind of taking a closer look at it, maybe not the most shocking thing in the world. Cause you, you have to assume that Tampa Bay was at least somewhat aware that Gronk was looking at or going to retire. So right. for them to let him out the door probably says a lot about what he can contribute on the fields. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not really a whole lot of note behind Dawson Knox for this bills team in their tight, tight end room. So I mean, he must have he must have really had some bad days in camp, and 
Moreover, I, I think it's really going to highlight just how involved as a pass catcher Dawson Knox will be in this offense as they have more of the traditional kind of inline blocking tight ends back behind him. Yeah, and, you know, you actually make a really good point there. Tampa had every opportunity to hold on to him, and they probably had a void at tight end and still didn't hold on to him. So it's not looking good for O.J. Howard at this point in his career. A couple rapid-fire names. Tell me shocked or non-news if uh, when we go through them. Josh Gordon, shocked or no news? No news at all. It is no longer 2014. <laughs> Everybody's still holding on 2014. Right. <laughs> One year he had, man. It sucks for, for Josh Gordon getting cut, obviously, but he's had a remarkable at least comeback. He had a, a nice bounce back story in the NFL, so good for him. Uh, Kellen Mund, back up to Kirk Cousins, was cut today. Surprise, no news. No news. Um, they, uh, they picked up the backup from Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, so, um, you know, obviously there were some pretty – cold remarks about Mund from uh, Zimmer last year. Obviously, yep. it's a new regime, but didn't seem like he was impressing impressing many people in Minneapolis. Bye-bye, Kellen Mund. Philip Lindsay was signed as the backup, never fumbled in his career, was signed as the third string, uh, third uh, obviously third string backup for the uh, Colts and was cut. Surprising? Non-news. Uh, not really all that surprising, but I think it was a weird fit from the get-go, right? Like, they, they gave Naheem Hines a decent a decent chunk of change they not did. that long ago. So, to have him in there competing next to him for that role, obviously no one's going to unseat JT. So, it was, it was a weird acquisition. So, it makes sense that he's out the door now. Yeah. And in the last one, we saw Lynn Bowden cut. Obviously, this isn't too shocking for anybody. And he could find some type of return role. Any thoughts on Lynn Bowden? <laughs> the only thought that ever comes to mind with me for me with Lynn Bowden is that busted ass Dolphins tattoo that it looks like he gave himself. <laughs> Wait, that might that's cuttable offense right there. Yeah. Having such a bad tattoo is a that, cuttable offense. Bad, bad for morale. <laughs> <laughs> well, in other news, we did see a little bit of a signing today. Uh that wasn't it's not necessarily shocking, but it's kind of telling of some week one status. Kenyon Drake to the Baltimore Ravens. Um when I saw that news, I automatically thought, oh, shit, it's not good for J.K. Dobbins right now. Like, something is going on there where they already signed Mike Davis in the middle of the offseason. They, they drafted Tyler Batty, and Gus Edwards is on PUP. What, are your, what was your initial thoughts when you heard Kenyon Drake signing to the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, not, not necessarily surprising, right? Um, I, I think it's more to do with Gus Edwards than it is with J.K. Dobbins, but also – I mean, this this Ravens front office just loves to go dumpster diving for running backs on cut day. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. They've already got Drake. You mentioned them scooping up Mike Davis a few weeks back. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear Sony Michelle connected to them. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear Marlon Mack. Like, they're just going to sign everyone's leftovers and trot out six guys this year. Ten running backs on the roster coming right. up out of the 53. <laughs> All right. And then <laughs> – one uh, one news and note as well from yesterday: Jimmy Garoppolo was signed, restructured his deal to the with the Niners. He's on a high end backup QB deal for the Niners, one year that gives him no trade clause and free agency in twenty twenty three, which is what he wants reportedly. Uh, what does this mean for Trey Lance? Are you on the uh, this spell's doing for Trey Lance, or if he slips up at all, it's it's an issue, or do you think? This is just a preventative measure for trading or to keep him on the roster from other teams getting him for the low. Yeah, I think it's more so the latter, right? Like this this team, this organization is all in on Trey Lance, right? Like don't listen to 
what they say, watch what they do. They went out and spent a boatload to get this kid. Yes. And all throughout camp, all throughout the offseason, it has been talk about this being Trey Lance's team. So I don't think he's going to have a short leash. I don't think Jimmy G is just going to be kind of hawking over him, waiting in the wings, right? I think he is arguably one of, if not the best insurance policy for a team that over the last four years or so, four or five years, has been a throw or two away from either making it to or winning a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So you think about these these championship caliber organizations, a lot of them are super deep. A lot of them invest heavily in their backup quarterbacks so that they don't have a run derailed when their mobile quarterback or really any quarterback um, you know, gets banged up for a few weeks. So I, I think it's more so them really bolstering themselves for another deep run this year. Offense by defense. I think they're making this move to make sure nobody else gets him. And like you said, protect themselves just in case. It's somebody that knows the offense. And if anything were to happen, struggles, anything were to happen with Trey Lance, which I don't think. I think they're actually giving him some room to grow. Even if he does struggle, I don't see. I don't think we see Jimmy G at any point in the year. Um, to me, this just seems like a move that they didn't want to just let him go without getting something in return. And they're probably hoping that somebody else, uh, another team, comes calling here in the first couple weeks of the season. So. We'll see how that goes, but let's move on, man. Let's actually talk some, we're going to go fantasy first, but let's go with the, these odds first. I want to talk AFC, and this section is called Straight Up, presented by Pickett. So we've talked about, obviously, some cuts. A lot of the rosters are being finalized today. Now let's take a look at some of these schedules and some of these odds. When I look at the AFC East, it doesn't look very competitive on paper. It looks like the Bills are going to take this division, probably win it outright, have a chance to be the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, before we get into it, is there any thoughts on these teams that you have? You're like, you know what? I'm kind of looking at these teams. I, I think this team could either be really good in comparison to what most people think or really bad in, in comparison to what most people think. I'm probably right in line with most of the market out there. The the couple areas where I'm a little bit different, like I I liked Mike McDaniel heading into uh, heading into Miami. I liked the pieces they put around him. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Just all insanely fast and freakish athletes. Yeah. <laughs> but as I've been able to listen to this listen to this man talk about uh, not only the the scheme and the system that he's implementing, but the the culture and the environment that he's building in Miami, I'm completely all in, like irrationally all in. Um, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins lead the NFL in scoring next year. Ooh, that's bold. Um, so with that, obviously I'm a bit more bullish on the Dolphins. Um, and in working on the other side, I think New England's going to be kind of a dumpster fire this year. Um, <laughs> It, you're you're splitting OC duties between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Like so ugly, you're, man. <laughs> you're not in a good spot, right? And like Mac Jones is in his second season. I'm not. He's starting his second season. He's played a year, and he's already dunking on this offense about how there's dead ends and then the sequencing doesn't make sense. Like I just I do not feel. I'm I, I was never really a Patriots guy as it was, but. Yeah. I mean, everything we're seeing out of camp, it seems like they've got some 
real problems they need to fix. They do. And uh, before we get into these schedules, because I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you, especially with the Patriots. I just I see a lot of disaster for them this season. Um, before we get into that, if you guys are betting on any of these teams alongside with us, make sure you guys download the Picket app. You get $3, $3 or $100 free. It's, it's random. They give it to you just by signing up. You can track all your bets on your favorite sports books. Make sure you guys know the regulations for your state and city, but download the Picket app. Track all your bets um, for free. So let's pull up some of these schedules here. And the first one I want to start with is the Bills, right? And so the Bills, obviously... They are the favorite, right? They're the favorite. Everybody knows that they're the favorite. Um, right now, their win total is sitting at 11 and a half games. So, Eric, let's uh, let's dive into the schedule, man. Let's go over the teams. Let's take a look at some of these matchups and just give your quick thoughts on the matchup and if you think it's a win or a loss. I'll tally up. I'll tally up the wins while you're going over them. Ooh. Um. So sorry to Bill fan Bills fans out there. I got your boys. Opening the year, just kidding, with a win. I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about Matt Stafford's shoulder, so I'll, I'll take them to walk away with the dub in the opener against the Rams. Um, for the Titans, I feel like that's a pretty pretty easy win for them. I tend to think that the Titans' window is closing, if not closed. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my old eyes are having a hard time seeing this. Let me see are they if I can at zoom the Dolphins in. in the week three? Let me see if I can zoom in a little bit easier for everybody. Make this thing easier for everybody. I am. Oh, that doesn't help very much. They are, <laughs> uh, they are at the Dolphins. They are at the Dolphins. I will give them their first L okay. in week three against the Dolphins. Again, on the road against Dolphins, Stan. On the road against the uh, little... Ravens. Little bit of a slide here. I also have them losing against the Ravens and their 19 running backs. Um, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is able to, John Harbaugh is able to uh, really scheme up some creative ways and has really shown his team to be able to rise to the occasion against premier talent. I'm very bullish on the Ravens as well. Um, but there's a bounce back coming. Easy dub against uh, against the Steelers there. Uh, in the AFC Championship rematch, I Ooh. believe that is at Arrowhead as at well. Arrowhead. I'll give them an L. So we're sitting three and three heading into the week seven bye. Now looking at a home game against Green Bay. Give them the win there. A um, little bit more worried about uh, about this wide receiver core for Green Bay than anybody else, right? Devontae Adams right. is a huge loss. I think there'll be guys from a fantasy standpoint that will pick up a lot of that volume, but I don't think this offense is going to be the same. You on the Alan Lazard train? I am on the Alan Lazard train now that Romeo Dobbs' ADP is exploding. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was there was a while there where Lazard was getting drafted kind of right where he should be, but now he's sliding down that all the love is going to, to Dobbs. So uh, happy to jump back on that train because I, I do think he, he leads that team in – receptions and yards probably in touchdowns too with that big frame yeah um, fair enough so yeah coming out of the bye week with a dub going back to back facing off against the jets another dub another dub against the vikings yeah and the browns and the lions and the patriots <laughs> and the jets I Here's mean, where basically, the win streak got, starts. yeah i've i've got the bills basically closing out this season at least over their last 12 games, winning about 10 of them, right? Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier I was going to have them split the series. 
against the Dolphins. So this is where they pick up their win at home. The Bears, I don't think, can can stand up against them. And then I'll have them split the last two games. I think that they will actually lose to the Bengals. I am in love with what this Bengals front office did, specifically investing in this offensive line. Yep. And then another dub to close out the year against the Patriots. I love it. I'm I'm pretty much on board with you. So you got him going 13 and four. Uh, I see him taking the L that first week though against the Rams. I, I feel like they go on the road, home opener. I know Super Bowl teams typically struggle in those games, but I'm going with them with the win there. Uh, Tennessee, Miami. I'll give them uh, the wins there, so they'll be two and one. Loss against the Ravens. Win against the Steelers. Loss against the Chiefs. So both of us sitting at. I think I'm two and four with the Bills right now. And everybody will be panicking, and then they go out, they beat Green Bay, beat the Jets, beat the beat the Vikings, beat the Browns, beat the Lions, beat the Patriots, beat the Jets. I think they lose that game to the to the uh, to the Dolphins. Ooh. Yeah, I think they'll. I think so you they'll got go. the you got the road teams winning each in that series. I do. I think there's a little bit of sneakiness okay. when they come off that Monday night win. I just feel like they might be, you know, looking ahead short week. I'll just give the Dolphins the win on that one. And then coming down to the to the Bears, I think they kill the Bears. And I'm with you on that Monday night game. I think they beat the Bengals and then lose to the Pats or beat the Pats um, week 18. So I got them at 12 and five, but both of those are over their win total, which is sitting at 11 and a half. So that might be good money there, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the only game that uh, I, was, I was really on the fence about is that Rams game. It's going to come down to, to Stafford's shoulder, right? Yes. Um, if I mean, we won't be able to tell anything from, you know, practice reports unless he misses time, which I don't think he will. Um, but, I mean, basically it's just when we get into that game, if his arm looks like it's it's doing what he wants it to do, then I think the Rams can absolutely walk away with a week one win. Uh, but if he's still a little sore, not able to distribute the ball, I think the Bills get it with a, uh, with a fair amount of comfort. Yes, indeed. I like that. Is I like, you know, I think that one for me, I, I just expect the Rams to come out. I can see that. Go, that that's one of those games could go either way. Just, yeah. Like you said, it depends on the injuries, the health of the teams, and how they're playing. So let's move on. Let's go to a different team. Hopefully this one isn't as bad on the eyes because it was bad on my eyes, too. I can't even lie. I need glasses in the worst way, and, and unfortunately I do not have them. But we're taking a look at the New England Patriots schedule. And they are projected for eight and a half wins. You think this number is too high, too low, or sitting just about right for this Patriots team? I personally think it's too high, but I would probably walk away from betting against this number. Um, If you're if you're able to find it at uh, at nine and a half somewhere, I'm pretty comfortable with the under. But it's it's a pretty sharp line, right? So I would probably look to make my betting investments elsewhere. (laughs) Although I personally think that they will come in under that figure. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it'll be a rough season. The eight and a half, if they went eight and nine, nine and eight, I guess it really wouldn't surprise me. But I do not have this team making the playoffs, and I think they're going to come under this number as well. Let's go off of the schedule real quick, and I'll, I'll jump in on the games with you so we can save a little bit of time on this one. New England at, at Miami, who you got? I got Miami winning that opener. Yeah, me too, especially home opener. Uh, and then next we got New England at the Steelers. I'll actually give the nod to New England here. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Like a lot of Steelers wins, I think it'll actually boil down to whether or not they get a big turnover, a big special teams play. Uh, okay. But I'll, I'll take I'll take New England in week two. No, nah, I'm still I'm giving Pittsburgh the win, man. It feels like New England going into Pittsburgh. They're still going to be tough. All right, and yeah. then uh, versus uh, they're at home against Baltimore. 
That's an L. Easy. L, yeah. L, easy. And then on the road against the Packers. Also an L. L, I got them 0 and 4 so far. You got them 1 and 3. And then they go home against Ooh. Detroit. So this is where they're going to start turning things around. I think they get a dub against Detroit. Looks like you're in agreement. Yep. We're also looking at a dub against Cleveland in the yep. homecoming game for Bill Belichick. I'm actually kind of on the fence about the Chicago game. Um, it's a it's a home game, so I would err on the side of New England. But I, I think that the Chicago team is going to be a little sneaky, right? Like, I think they'll be able to, to kind of so? pop up on some people. I, I, I don't think they're going to go out and win 10 games or anything, right? But I think yeah. they're going to be a tough out. I think they're going to find creative ways to use uh, Justin Fields. If this was at Soldier Field, I'd probably go Chicago, but I'll lean on the New England side here. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go New England. I'll give them the win against Chicago. Then they got the Jets, the Colts, the Jet after the bye, the Jets again in Minnesota. What's your record in that span? Got them beating the Jets, have them losing it to the Colts, and then I have them losing to the Jets right after the bye. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. You got them losing to the Jets after the bye, huh? I got, I got them with that road loss. Like split in there? Okay, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Then they're on the road against Minnesota. This one's also tough. I'm going to err on the side of, of the home team again. I'll go with Minnesota. I am bullish about what Kevin O'Connell can do for this Vikings team. Um, but another close one as we kind of get into the back third of the schedule. Then we see, yeah, we see it toughen up a little bit with Buffalo, Arizona, the Raiders, and Cincinnati. You see him winning any of those games? I do not. Um I'm sure there's some advanced statistic about how infrequently Bill Belichick has ever gone on an 0 and 4 stretch. Yeah. So, um, you know, using past his prologue, I'll probably give him a dub against the Raiders. Yeah. But I don't feel great about it. That's tough, man. Yeah, I just that uh I don't see it, man, cuz that's going to be a Thursday night game against Arizona, it looks like, December 12th. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't like any of those games. I got him going 0 and 4 twice. At two different yeah. points this season, and I'm sure that probably hasn't happened rarely at all in the Belichick era. And then we got right. to finish it up against Miami at home, and then on the road against Buffalo. I'll, I'll let them save a little bit of face. These Miami series with New England always end up being a little bit weird, and they always end up being split. So I'll have them win the home side of the of the series with uh, with Miami, and then assuming that these games are actually played and meaningful. Obviously, Buffalo will trounce them, uh, but Buffalo might be might be resting some starters at that point. They so, might be you know, with that, might be able to sneak in a, a little uh, little uncontested dub to finish out the season. Yeah, I'll give them a split. I think that I give them the Miami win there, and then they'll lose the Buffalo. Just assuming all things are equal, we gave Buffalo to win there, so. Yeah. You got him at seven wins. I got him at six, and the total sitting at eight and a half right now. It's not looking too good right now for the Pats. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And to my, my point at the top, right, like there are a couple of games here where I gave them a win, I gave them a loss that I feel like could really go either way, right? Like we're probably looking at a classic Patriots last second field goal type of type of outcome. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't want to put any of my hard-earned dollars on this eight-and-a-half point line <laughs> or game line, rather. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's gonna be very ugly for this for this Patriots team. And if I was to put money, it would definitely be on the under. Okay. I'm actually pretty confident that they're gonna get under eight and a half wins. I see it being more of a six or a seven type season, almost how we have it written. 
Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of upside with this team. And if they figure it out, like they've lost some key pieces on the offensive line and defense, it, it just doesn't in the, when you switch quarterback uh, coordinators for a young quarterback, sometimes it takes a lot longer than people think for them to make that, that adjustment. And so we see Mac Jones struggling in training camp in preseason. It's not looking too good for him. I go, I'm going under, I'm locking in the under eight and a half on this the, one. The crazy thing about it is they're still trying to run Josh McDaniel's system there. Right. <laughs> so like, I mean, Mac Jones is familiar with it. It seems like the, the current offensive coordinators, plural, are yeah. the ones that are more confused about it, right? Like, that's just such a bad look coming out of camp. I don't want. I don't want to be invested in uh, anything to do that's reliant on success of this this Patriots offense. I'm right there with you, my man. Right there with you. This the, the Patriots. I'm done talking about them. I don't even want to say another word about the Patriots unless yeah. it's one of the on one of these other schedules. So let's go to the Dolphins, man. This was a team you were really excited about, Eric, and I think this would be a good opportunity for us to to take a look. They're eight and a half. They're sitting at eight and a half games, too. They're over under, and there's a lot more excitement about this team than the Patriots, who are sitting at the same number. Um, but look at the, the schedule. The home teams are in the teal, and then the away team is just regular on the green, so or black, whatever color that is. I'm colorblind. Let's start <laughs> off. We got the Patriots, Dolphins, week one. Who you like? So I have to do the accounting of uh, what I said with the Patriots. I had them <laughs> no, splitting. Every, everyone's a clean oh. slate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll give them I'll give them the win against the Patriots at home. Yep, I like that. Um, I, I know I had I know I had it flip flop. They're gonna I think they split. So we'll just we'll rock with the same on this one. Give them the win just to keep it consistent. Right, uh, Baltimore. <laughs> I think they walk away with a loss. Yeah, Buffalo. I think they walk away with a loss. Yep, and Cincinnati. I think they walk away with a loss. I think this team, like you want to talk about, there being a spotlight and increased pressure on Tua heading into this year, they're going to be sitting at one and three. Yeah. Almost any way you slice it, right? That's maybe, tough. maybe they, you know, they steal a win against, uh, you know, Baltimore, but they happen to lose at the end of the game to, to new England. Right. Uh, either way, I think one and three is where all roads head for this team. Yep. And media is going to go bananas, putting the pressure on this new coaching staff on Tua Right, there's going to be calls for oh Ryan Fitzpatrick gosh. to come out of retirement. Right, uh, well, so especially I, I if Tua all... misses one of those big throws, like in one of the, he's going to miss one of those throws in the first four games, or probably multiple of those deep ball throws, and everybody's going to say, "Oh, I thought he was accurate. He can't throw the deep ball." You're right, man. There's going to be a lot of people calling for Tua's heads after Week Four. I, I, I already declared it here. Right, like I am, I am in. I am on the bandwagon for the Dolphins. But they are doing us no favors. I don't know. I don't know what sort of like double agent situation they have in their media room. But I don't know why they're releasing all these videos of him missing Tyreek Hill downfield or Tyreek Hill being wide open and having to do like a forty-yard curl to come back and get the ball. Like, yeah, the I don't know what they're is, doing in their media department. The sad but. part is, and I hope this isn't true, Eric. It might just be those are the best clips that they have. The ones where he's getting underthrown for fifty yards. That might just be the best that at they least, have. At least he caught it, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a fair <laughs> point. Um, I don't want to think about that reality because i'm invested in a few different ways yeah. in the other side of that but it's i mean it's on it's on the range outcomes for sure right so, right rocky well, we start at, yeah the, the rocky Dolphins start then they come they go and they play the jets the vikings and the steelers uh you think the, you think they get pick things back up or you still see a struggle there i think things turn around in a dramatic fashion 
we were talking about that 10 game winning streak for uh for the bills when we opened up i don't think they're quite going that far right really all the way through that texans game i could see them rattling off nothing but dubs i would be a little bit worried about that steelers game it is at home it sounds like you're a bit more uh bullish on the steelers than i am i think they're going to be very pedestrian with a pretty strong to very good defense but ultimately i don't think they're going to be able to keep up with this offense that mike mcdaniels is going to trot out there yeah. and you talk about the lions the bears the watson less browns the watson less texans um all those i think they walk away with some pretty pretty easy victories yeah the only the only games i really see being a struggle is maybe that lions game on the on the road uh going to the lions team that's hungry that's looking to prove themselves i think they beat the steelers at home in prime time, um, I think that's a, a win for them. But then when I look at like the Bears, the like you mentioned, the Browns, the Texans, it's, even the the Jets and the the Vikings, I feel like they rattle off five and one is what I would give them there. You're giving them six and zero. Oh? I'm giving them six and zero oh, mainly because the biggest trouble spots I see Steelers and Vikings both at home. Yes, yeah, some of their tougher games are at home, so that's a good yeah. point there. And we come off of that Texans game, they play the Niners, the Chargers, the Bills. And Green Bay. This is where it gets a little tricky. Are you going up, giving them some wins there, or is that looking like 0-4 to you? I'm a Niner fan, so you can't give them that one. They're 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 going to find some wins in this mix. Hard to say where, where it is. I'll take the yeah, easy where? one. I'll I'll say they beat the Jets again, nice and easy. Finish out the year, right? Um, from there, I know that we split the series with with New England uh, when we were talking about the Patriots. That one has some potential. And again, not really all that high on Green Bay, right? I, I do right. think that this team will be one that is going to absolutely boat race some teams and put up a lot of points. I don't think the Packers can keep up with that. So for my official guesstimation, I have them on that pretty rough road stretch. Look at that. San Francisco at the Chargers at Buffalo. Like nobody wants to do that. Nobody. Yeah. I I don't think they I don't think they pick up a single win in that stretch. Bounce back against Green Bay, have them losing on the road to the Patriots, splitting that series, and then finishing out the year with a dub against the Jets. Yeah, it it looks really ugly. Um, so you got them going two and four during that stretch. I'm I'm right there with you. I think I got all three of those are lost on the road. Uh, tough three game stretch there. I actually think they they still don't beat Green Bay, and I'll give them a win against the Pats and then a win against the Jets. So I got them going two and four in the back stretch too, which puts them at eight wins for me. I think you got them at ten win or nine wins. You feel like, nine, yeah. yeah, I don't I think that number might be spot on because that number is eight and a half. And we talked about the Dolphins win total. You and I split eight and nine. The numbers split right down the middle. This looks like a clear stay away, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Right. Like I am I I think that McDaniels in this offense will do a lot of good things, but good lord, nobody in that NFL front office did them any favors with this schedule. That's a tough maybe, ass schedule. Like if we want to, we want to put the we want to put the tinfoil hat on, right? Like <laughs> the number one storyline during all of this camp has been Tua and what's going to happen with these yeah. Dolphins. It's the first time the Dolphins have been getting national attention in like twenty five years, right? So now all of a sudden they got not only a really tough schedule but a really streaky schedule, right? It's just like ridiculous, cake soft, and then impossible. So they're going to be super streaky. They're going to be in the headlines. And the media is going to eat it up. Like, he's gone. 
Tua's gone. There's there's no unless they make the playoffs or reel off some crazy wins. Like they're they have a tough schedule. Yeah. Unfortunately, it feels like Tua's probably going to be gone. The, the good thing for fantasy purposes is that they're going to have to score a boatload of points in order just to be competitive in these games. But if they're not making the playoffs, the eyes are all going to be on Tua. Every all the pressure in the oh, world is going to be on Tua, and there'll probably be a quarterback change at some point next season. That's just what it feels like. Yeah, I think I think Tua's got the leash. He's he's got the, he's got the full season in front of him, barring injury, right? Um, if they bring in if, Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean they're. Every time you every time you turn over a rock, there's a different story about some quarterback that the the Dolphins were flirting with, right? So yeah. like they're obviously not all the way in on what Tua can be for them, um, but I, I do think he has the season, um, and I, I do think this this team will be able to score, but that doesn't always translate to wins. And if they're not in the playoffs, it's 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 night night time. Like they yeah. are absolutely moving on. They'll uh, they'll do that weird uh ownership uh, uh deal with tom brady where he can be an executive for a while oh and my gosh rip off his suit like superman and go down and play <laughs> the back nine of the, of the season well there's an interesting name that might hit for, i doubt he hits free agency i doubt he hits free agency but there's an interesting name that could hit free agency if they don't franchise him or they don't give him the bag like he wants i don't see it happening now this is me just projecting but what if a guy like lamar jackson Lamar Jackson hit free agency next year. I'm just saying, leaving it out there. That might be possible. I mean, it it might be possible. It's it's a there's a non-zero chance is probably yeah, the best. Point zero one. Seems yeah. it seems more exciting to just talk about some some drama we can oh, just yeah. put out there. Re- realistically, it's not happening, but no. I mean we can dream, right? That would be insane. Stepping into this this scheme and this system that is absolutely known for creating prolific rushing ability and all these amazing rushing lanes. Yes. You get this you get this track team and you add Lamar Jackson to it. God. I would just want to, I, I want to see that's the selfish me talking. I just want to see Lamar yeah. in that kind of offense. I feel like that would unlock everything. Like almost like he was his MVP MVP season, but better with Tyreek and those guys out the waddle out there and the speed of that offense, it would be crazy. That's a that's a Madden type move though. Yeah, let's um, let's let's give up all this content stuff, you and me, and we can just start back channeling and see if we can make this deal happen by this time <laughs> next year. So I'm I'm here for it. Hey, I'll be all here for it, man, because it's that'd be more fun than talking about this next team. I'm not a big Jets fan. I like what they're doing, young young guys and the team and the culture they're building. They're building there. They went and invested heavily in the draft and got some really good talent there uh, in the draft. A lot of high end picks. There's their total sitting at five and a half. Let's do this. Instead of going through the whole set, the schedule, let's pick the wins out. Let's try to find six wins if we can. So first they play the Ravens. You giving them a win or an L there? When do you see their first no. win? Man, uh, I think the first chance at a win is against the Browns. Um, sorry, Jacoby Brissett. You do a very good job of taking care of the ball. You feed your tight ends well. I don't know if you're actually going to win games. Yeah. Um, I also like I like what Robert Saul is doing there. So I, I think they can they can sneak away with a win there. And then from that point, there's not really a whole lot of super clear wins. Yeah. I think they'll beat Seattle at the end of the season. Yep. I'm not too sure that they'll beat the Jaguars. I mean, I I'm not quite ready to write the book on Trevor Lawrence yet, right? Like he Me was either. a generational prospect and he walked into a 
dumpster fire that was lit by Urban Meyer. So <laughs> I'm I'm not really you know uh, uh, ready to say that it's all over for him. I, I think they can you know sneak up and win some games. Maybe that Chicago game. Yeah. Maybe the Lions game. I'll I'll give them dubs for the record against the Browns, against the Seahawks, and against the Lions, and that's it. Three wins. Yeah. Three wins on the book. I'll give them a win against, and this is tough, a road win on against the Browns, even though it's Jacoby. I'll give them a road win against the Browns. I'll give them a home win against the Bears. I'll give them a win against the Lions at home. And I'll give them a win against the Pats at home. I'm not giving them okay. the win, even in Seattle. I don't even know if I could give them that one. So I got them at four wins there. Either way, yeah. you splice it. That five and a half, I'm not sure I'd even put money on the five and a half because they could, if Zach Wilson turns it on at some point in the year, they could outplay it. I just, I don't see a way they even hit five and a half wins. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the line is still sitting around there because it's, it's been around there throughout the majority of the offseason. And this loss of, of Becton on their, on their line is yeah. huge for this team. Like, like that type of player being out for the season is the type of guy that should move your line and it hasn't. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm not afraid to go out and take the under on this line. Cause I think it should have at least shaved him down a game, but you know, for lines makers, Vegas. right. Like, I think yeah. that, that seems like a Vegas. They know that they have a huge market in New York. The, the team, you know, they probably are baking an extra game. They're giving themselves an extra game. Just the fan base is like, we looked good towards the end of last year. We drafted all these young guys. Zach Wilson's going to be better in his, his second year. We have to win more than five. I bet you there's a ton of a ton of money on the over. When I look at five and a half, that number, when you don't look at the schedule, the number seems low. And you look at this, this entire AFC East has a pretty hard schedule. Like there wasn't really anybody who had a cake schedule. There's going to be a lot more losses than people are accounting for. I think you just look at it face value. Jets, five and a half wins. If I was just sitting in there in a sports book, I might be like, all right, they'll be better. But I don't see more than five and a half wins on the schedule there. Yeah, they, they definitely have to balance those books, right? And like you go down from five and a half to four and a half, that's – that's 20% fewer wins, right? Like there's an order of magnitude in, in moving the line that much. And you you bring up a really good point about about Jets fan, right? Like they're they're not going to go out and, you know, uh, cash out their 401k and put it on the under for the Jets. Right. Any Anyone that's a Jets fan that's betting the over is betting exponentially larger in terms <laughs> of the value of that wager than they are on the under. Yes. And so they might as well just give them a, give them a number that they like. So – Right. That does it for the this section straight up, obviously presented by Pickett. Make sure you guys take advantage of the offer below. Try to get $3 or $100, man. It look good in your bank account. So next, let's talk about something else. So obviously on this show, we talk a lot about fantasy football, football in general. Um, but it's also good to talk about draft strategies. And what do you do after your draft? Most people have their home league drafts this week. Preseason's over, so you might be drafting this week as well or after you're watching this. This section is called the Zero RB, presented by uh, – who is it presented by? I can't believe I forgot. By Prize Pigs, baby, and we're going to get into it. Almost caught me slipping there, but draft strategies are really important after the draft. So post-draft strategies, Eric – one of the things people do is with their lineup, they take a look at it. Is it balanced? Is it, you know, can I make any trades? What's one of the first things you're doing after you've drafted your lineup and we have this week and a half before the season starts and redraft? Yeah, I guess in like a like an order of operations uh, standpoint, the first thing I do is 
I, I stand and I bask in the glory of this championship winning roster that I disassembled, right? Yep. Like every pick is going to play out. Everything's going to go great. <laughs> I can't believe these fools in my league. Let me just stack up all these players. This is going to be cake. Yep. And then that little voice in my head's like, you don't win every year. <laughs> right. So that's, <laughs> that's when we, that's when we got to get to work. The, the first thing that I really like to do before anything, and I'll, I'll probably, I should probably set the table. I am a heavy transaction guy in the Love fantasy it. game, right? Love like, it. I am, I am the one that is not drafting a kicker or defense because Love it. I got 10 days to figure out what, where to get those two, to get those two roster spots. Right. Um, I am. And that's awesome advice. Like dropping. people, if they don't listen to that, that is awesome advice. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, you don't have a kicker to start week one or you don't have a defense to start week one. They all average out to the same. If you didn't get one of the top guys that somebody else reached on, Justin Tuck, all the rest of the guys are going to be the exact same. Play the matchups. Take the extra week and a half. Try to find somebody, a trade partner, something else in that time. Absolutely right. So... Because of that, because I am constantly just churning the back end of my roster, before I do anything, I'm I'm still I'm still you know on cloud nine feeling feeling great about this 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 draft I just pulled off. But then I then I try to get objective. I try to get real. I take a look at my roster, and for each player, I I, I bounce them against the projections that I, I work off of. I you know I, I make sure that I'm comfortable with what that is there. And then I just have either a conversation with myself or I jot down some notes and say, what trajectory does this player need to be on in the first quarter of the season, the second quarter of the season, the third quarter of the season, right? Um, and I, I really try to level set and establish a baseline for what will be an indicator of a player that is ascending and I want to hold on to, what will be an indicator of a player that I have some question marks about and they're actually not answering those, right? So I, I really tried to first have a, a solid baseline evaluation of what this team is and what the indicators will be based on those indicators, what moves I should make, right? Um, you know, Drafting a lot of rookies is a fantastic way to get upside on your roster. If you cut Justin Jefferson after his two horrible games in the first two mm. seasons of his rookie campaign, I know you probably did. are still crying into your beer about that, right? <laughs> um, so you you want to have a reasonable expectation, right? Yeah. Even if this guy doesn't score, if he's on the field for more than sixty percent of snaps, I'm cool holding him. Um, you know, if this guy does score, but he's not on the field a lot, maybe it's someone that I should try to trade. Maybe it's someone I should try to move off, right? So facts. really, kind of have a baseline plan of action for how I'm going to move these pieces around, right? Because it's it's a lot of work, absolutely misstep in some of the moves that I make. But um, if I wasn't taking that objective look up front, I would misstep far more often. Now, you made a really good point about looking at your roster, seeing where your stuff is, and, and looking over your team to find potential holes or, or just players like early on that could be good or bad and almost projecting out based on quarter because that's important is knowing what is your team going to look like at the start of the season and in fantasy playoffs do you have a line to winning a championship like what that's all we play for right everybody's trying to hoist the trophy we know that there's a one in ten chance one in twelve chance whatever your odds are in your league that you're going to win so for me i'm i take a different approach right it's 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 similar but in a, a slightly different aspect i go straight to the other teams everybody's confident in their draft everybody knows that they have the best drafted team that they killed the draft they got all the players they want 
Then there's one team who's in the back of their mind questioning their starting running back too. That's questioning why they don't have a completely filled out roster. There's always somebody in your league who will panic because their roster doesn't look complete like everybody else. So what I do is I find the position I'm overloaded in. If I got a couple extra backup tight ends, I look to increase my wide receiver three. I look to just get a slight, a slight overpay to somebody because they're panicking. There's somebody in your league who's going to panic. And meanwhile, the season is very long. There's people on waivers that will emerge. There will be people that that lose their their you know wide receiver one status throughout the year. There's values fluctuate. So for me, I'm always trying to find value, and the person that's panicking is the most likely to give you value. When you mention transactions, I'm right there with you, baby. I love being very active in my league, and I'll send out some trades. You might like them, you might not, but they'll be in your inbox. Absolutely. Yeah, that is very much so step two and step three in in the, the plan that I laid out. And specifically, if you're looking for your league mate that might not be feeling too good about themselves, obviously you can look at their rosters and kind of get a better gauge for what they actually have on paper. But look for the guy that was chirping a bit more in the chat, chirping a little bit more on your group text. Whoever's, whoever's piping up a little bit more, they're generally trying to cover up for a misstep and they might be a good mm. trade target. Um, and from there absolutely getting after it right i mean i'm always looking for consolidation trades i always need to find a way to free up roster spaces right a lot of times what i'll do is if there's a guy that's on ir a guy like deandre hopkins who's suspended that i can put into an ir spot i'll go out and try to pull off a two for one pull off a three for two so i can get that player that will become a future asset for me but i can also free up that roster spot so i can go you know pick up that week's defense or I've got room to acquire more players. So, uh, I mean, immediately within, yeah. I would say, 10 hours of every draft that I complete, I have dozens of trades out there. Um, <laughs> in my in my dynasty league of record, we drafted on Friday. I have since pulled off five trades I in that it. league in particular. Uh, I love and it. And with man. that Marlon, with that Marlon Mac news today, oh, man. I might not be rebuilding as soon as I thought because I did. I was able to pick up Damian Pierce. Um, so yeah, Smart I mean, man. just the, the more you can churn that roster, the more you're going to get exposure to those, those upside outcomes. On well, let me ask brand. you this. Cause you said, you know, obviously we talked about fading like defenses or kickers. Are you looking, how far ahead are you looking when it comes to defenses? Are you looking to stream throughout the year? Or are you picking up defenses that are, have strong playoff schedules or easy strength of schedules? Like what's your thought process when it comes to making that adjustment? Because at some point you're going to have to fill in that spot, the kicker or the defense, whatever your league standards are. That last pick does have to be accounted for before we move on. Yeah, generally speaking, I'm I'm perfectly fine streaming defenses all year, right? Um, you know, really the only point by which that that strategy changes is if I find myself with a defense that has a favorable stretch of games in front of them, or that has um, you know outperformed everybody's expectation. I'm fine standing pat there, but even in that case, unless it's like the Bears defense from a few years ago that was scoring like a DST touchdown every week, I'll toss them back and maybe I can pick them up before the games work, before the games kick off that Sunday. Maybe not, but I'll, you know, I'll toss them out there, try to get this week's hot waiver pickup, try to find a way to improve the core of my starting roster. If that costs me, you know, a couple of increment points, yes, next other, that's fine, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously another thing you can be doing during the time between now and then is setting daily lineups, setting your fantasy lineups, or making some prize picks, lineup decisions. Make sure you guys use the promo code JHEN with a three instead of an E to get a 100% match on your deposit up to $100. Some free money there, baby. So obviously we talked fantasy, we talked the betting side of it, but you do a lot of good in the community, Eric, and there's a lot that you put together here. Pros with Joe's is an incredible opportunity i want you to explain all about it to the people who who know absolutely nothing this is something i became familiar with after after seeing it online and then obviously talking to you about it uh seems like you're doing great work my man yeah pros with joe's is uh super exciting it's a it's a ton of fun um we are heading into our third season uh we've got 56 fantasy pros from across the industry including your boy Jay Hen, um, jumping in here for year three. Every single one of them is raising money for a different charity, a cause that is special and near and dear and personal to them. Justin, you're playing for the Equal Justice Initiative, Equal if Justice I believe, Initiative, if I recall yep. correctly. Um, so that's one of the areas where we, different, where, where we differ, right? It's not you know a single charity that we're pooling money for. All 56 of our pros are playing for a different cause we've got a little bit of an overlap a few people playing for the same one but they're playing for a cause that's personal to them the other thing that's different about our construct is that instead of most charity leagues or listener leagues where you're just straight up pitting everyday players against the industry experts we're we're bringing people together every one of our 56 teams is a pair of co-managers a industry pro and then an everyday player a joe who donated to that pro's charity to win their way into the league. So, like I said, we're in our we're in our third year. We are still uh, fundraising right now and accepting donations. If you want to get in on the action, you can go over to our website. It's proswithjoes.com, or you can head over to our Twitter, at proswithjoes. Uh, you'll be able to register there. You'll be able to see all 56 of our pros and the fantastic causes that they're playing for. Every dollar that you donate gets you an entry into that particular pro's drawing. And at the end of the year, it ends up being a ton of fun, right? Like there are people that have real life friendships that have been born out of this. There are shows that have sprung up from people that met uh, over the years on Pros with Joe's and we raise a ton of money for charity and it does it does a lot of good. Like all that of these awesome. all of these causes, it blows my mind. Like how far they can stretch a dollar. You put a dollar into any of these guys' hands and they can impact so many lives so well um, and that's that was being... one of the things that like when you first brought it up that was like i was like you know playing for charity is not like hey i don't know what charity this is going to getting to hand pick that and then also kind of just being out there in the space like it surprised me when people were donating to me that maybe i didn't follow or that i didn't know that they followed me but they supported me in my journey and what i wanted charity wise to support and it brought a lot of people to to together like to me that was awesome and seeing the other creators like support each other too sharing and retweeting a lot of the, the other initiatives that we support to me it's it's incredible because we have those other larger tournaments you've seen and like i said a lot of times you don't know exactly where the money's going or what type of charity is being donated to so for me it was kind of refreshing to be like hey where do you want to have impact try to get your people along and we're going to support you along the way yeah, I mean that's that's really the one of the biggest things for me, right? Like, um, I I mean maybe I just kind of geek out and I'm I'm weird this way. I love hearing people's stories, right? Like I want to know like about them individually. I want to know 
what makes them tick. I want to know about their lived experience. And I, I get to hear a lot of that in, you know, uh, determining or, or finding out which, which charity they ultimately play with. And also like, if this is something that you handpicked, right? Like maybe you have a relationship with that organization. You certainly, you know, have, have a relationship with the cause that they're supporting. Like you're going to be far more invested in making sure that you go get this bag by winning the league for your, for your charity. You're going to be far more invested in working with your co-manager. Right. So it just, it creates a really cool experience. And I mean, there are so many great causes out there, right? Like this was right. almost kind of born by accident, right? It was like, what are we going to support when we first set out? And it's like, well, we do this. Like, can we really, you know, turn our backs to all the puppies that need to be adopted out there or whatever it might be. And now we just get to, we get to touch so many more in such a wider range of people and of causes out there by, uh, by having that variety and in, in where the money goes. Yeah. And well, Eric, you know, obviously there's the money aspect of it. There's the fantasy football aspect of it as well, but is there a certain number that you guys are trying to hit? Is there a milestone number that we can push out to the people and say, Hey, you know what? There's 56 different analysts in this. Our target number that we're trying to hit is X amount of dollars, or is it X amount of players involved that are, that have their raffle tickets in or their, their dollar amount raffle? Like, is there a certain number that you'd like to hit metric wise to, to deem this a success? No. I love it. <laughs> um, so uh, what I what I can say, at least what I what I hope to accomplish every year that we set out is I would like to get more people involved. I would like to raise more money than the year prior. But in reality, I mean, even if we cut our our fundraising in half from last year, all of that money does so so much good, right? I I, I can't stress enough. Like I'll talk to people at food banks, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we get." a dollar a singular dollar that's 10 meals for people right wow um you know i'll talk to people at pet adoption services and they're like man we get two dollars in and that's a month of food for our entire kennel or whatever it is like it's just the math almost doesn't even make sense like how efficient they are at making these dollars stretch so um obviously we want to continue growing want to do as much good as possible um, we have already surpassed our, uh, our 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 donations our fundraising totals from uh, each of the prior two years. Love it. But each of our individual pros can set a personal target. So, Justin, hmm. if you've got a number that you want to try to go out there and stretch for, um, more than happy to uh, adjust your fundraiser for that, and we can make a little noise that you're uh, you're you're setting out with a particular finish line you in know, mind. I might have to, man, because whoever's coming with me is drafting a winner, my man. So they, I know what I'm doing right. in this space. No, but I love what you put together, Eric, <laughs> and and um, you know I'm glad to be a part of it. So let the people know, man. Outside of Pros with Joes or including Pros with Joes, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. The easiest place <laughs> to find all of it is over on my Twitter. It's at Fantasy Nav. I, I never do this right. Hey, I did it right. It's over there yeah. under my under my head um, on on the screen. Um, but my work is over at drroto.com. It is at goingfor2.com. Uh, obviously, everything is focused on the charity right now. Also, got uh, my own project that I spun up with a couple of very good friends with mine of mine. Green Screens Media. It's get Green Screens on Twitter or Green Screens Media uh, on YouTube. Basically, a ton of DFS and other uh, kind of niche content out there. So um, all of that, again, rolls up to my personal page at Fantasy Nav. Um, and for those of you that didn't hear me say it 10 times in the last four minutes, proswithjoes.com, at proswithjoes. Get over there. 
give a little, give a lot, whatever you can spare. Let's go, go to uh, my page, sure man. It's do. pinned at the top. Get signed up with me, let's baby. Let's let's go win a championship, Eric. I appreciate you having, coming on, man, and talking these sports. We got to get you back on during the season, bro. I would, I'd love to do it. This is a fun show. And and Justin, thanks thanks for jumping in the league. We're super super pumped to have you. Gotcha. Well, every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m., you can find the Justin Henry Show. Find it on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Justin Henry Show, we out today.